over 2,000 years ago, Jesus hung on a cross. But I have this uh, pendulum of emotions in the joy in the fact that I know that I'm now redeemed. I know that I'm now saved, but yet the guilt that he hung there because of me, because of my sin, my brokenness, because of what I have done, I separated myself from God. But yet in God's great plan, he sent his son with a purpose to hang on that cross so that he could make a way for me. In my brokenness, in my sinful nature, God took my life that was broken but turned it into something beautiful. And this morning on Good Friday, the day that we remember his act on the cross, we have to remember that by that work, our lives have been made beautiful. So tonight in uh, this uh, short talk, tonight, this morning, I want to talk to you guys about three things that I felt God challenged me as I read the scripture this week. One thing is that it's all about Jesus. The second thing is that I have realized that I am a fragile clay jar. And the third thing and most important thing is that he was my substitute. He was my savior. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd love for you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read you verses 7 to 10, and it reads this. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Lord God, I just pray this morning. As we are here, Lord, to remember your work and your act on the cross that was for me, that was for us. Lord God, we remember you and we thank you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's funny how Easter eggs uh, got a mention this morning. Uh, I too uh, believe there's only one uh, particular type of egg you should buy, and that's a Cadbury egg. Does anybody else agree? Any other egg is just a waste of time. Does anybody else agree with that? There's no point. That's freebie. I wanted to start with that this morning so that you do not waste your time. Do not think that by buying a cheaper option that you will get value for it because you get what you pay for. This morning... As I bring it back to something more relevant, my first point is, it's all about Jesus. Now, for those of you that know me, I have this tendency, without meaning to, to make things about myself. I have been in many productions where I have added a little bit of ad-lib and a little bit of flair to my character 
that some of the producers may not have been necessarily happy with, but I have somehow managed to bring myself into uh, centre stage. I'm sure a lot of you find that hard to believe. I remember a few years ago, my brother entered himself and three of his friends in a Red Faces uh, competition. Uh, Red Faces, for those of you that might be a little bit younger, is where you go up. It's like a talent uh, kind of show. So he rocks up with his friends and they're going to be doing a thing called Boys to Men. So I thought, oh, cool, Boys to Men. Hey, James, can I buy you in it? No. I said to my brother, I'd love to be in it. He said, no, you can't be in it. You never came to the practices. Uh, You'll steal all the limelight. Uh, We worked really hard. I don't want you to be in it. So I begged and I begged and I begged. And he finally came to the plan. All right, listen, we're going to stand on the stage across here. You can pretend to play guitar in the background. So as they performed in front of me, not that they knew I was throwing that guitar around, I was working up and down. By the end of the performance, I was stepping over chairs in the audience playing my uh, pretend electric guitar. At the end of the night when they won the competition, they were introduced as Charles and Boys to Men. (laughs) I have this tendency to make things about myself. But if you were to reflect honestly about your own life. Do you know, I'm really and truly not the only one. Has anybody ever been in a situation where they say, I'm not doing that anymore because I've been doing it for ages and it's someone else's turn? Or I went to McDonald's and they always mess up my order if I was in charge. Or has anybody ever said, has anybody asked me how I'm feeling? Because we all have the natural tendency to want to make things about ourselves. But here's the thing. As I grow and as I mature as a Christian, I quickly realize that my life is actually not about me. It's about Christ that lives in me. Does everybody agree? Give me a wave if you agree this morning. If we have a look at our scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says this. We now have this light shining in our hearts. That light represents the glory of God. It represents Christ dwelling within us. It says we now have this light shining in our hearts. But listen to this. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Now listen. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, is from God and not from ourselves. If we have a look at another scripture, Matthew 5, 16 also talks about a light. And it says, let your light shine before man that they'll see your good deeds, but praise your Father in heaven. As I woke up this morning and as I pondered on this thought this week, I realized that both these scriptures are intended to actually bring honor and glory to God. It says because of that light that's shining in us, it says that it makes it clear that our great power is from God, intended to give honor and glory where it's due, to God and not to us. And then it says in Matthew 5, 16, That it's about the light that shines is that our good deeds actually leads to praising our Father in heaven. You see, we need to realize that we live our lives from this mantle point. Not what I can do for God, but to tell the world what He has done for me. Because it's actually not about us. It's about Him. And today... We remember 
what he has done on the cross. Mark, if you want to go and grab that little prop. It's a good thing to make your life about Jesus Because when we quickly begin to function from the point of view that it's actually God's power at work in my life, it's actually God that is being reflected from my life, you begin to realize these things. That in 2 Corinthians 12, it says that when I am weak, he is strong. Thank you. This is going to make a point in a minute. See how it's broken? That's meant to happen. I can see all those people going, he could have got a box that wasn't broken. That's planted it, so leave it there. Where I am weak, he is strong. So the question I ask you this Easter is, does your life make it clear that what is coming out of it and what is coming out of your life is about Jesus or is it about yourself? The glory of God lives in me and because of Jesus' work on the cross, I am set free. I am redeemed. I was bought with a price, and today, I'm so grateful that he did that for me. But I'm just a frail clay jar. You know, when I look at something and I think about it being frail, I think of it that's easily broken or damaged, easily destroyed or threatened, easily Broken, delicate, vulnerable, easily offended, easily lured by sin, easily angered, fragile clay jar that I am. But yet in this frail state, there's a light shining in me that is the answer to the world. It is Jesus and he hung on the cross. So in my weakness and frailty, God makes it abundantly clear that it's not actually about my strength. It is actually about his light shining through me. When I think of things that are frail, I actually think back to when we used to set up and pack down in Mill Park. Now, we had all of this sound gear and heavy equipment that we used to move in and out every week. Now, at the start of the journey, I could have bought what they call road cases. These are solid boxes. They're incredibly strong. They're very heavy, but they last a long time. But I kept buying boxes from Kmart. And every two or three weeks, these boxes began to break. But if I had unlimited resources... I would have bought the road cases. Or a look at my life. I went to the supermarket uh, with, with Jai. It was actually a, a, a toy shop. And he wanted a super soaker. And I saw the price, but I saw the home, brand ver- the home brand version, the same size, but you could buy three for one. So I bought the home brand one and it didn't work. But if I had unlimited resources, I would have got the good one. I love mountain bike riding. I'm really getting into it. So I said, hey, I'm going to do my own maintenance on my bike. So I went to buy a chain cleaner and $50 for a chain cleaner. I found one on eBay for $8 with two cleaning brushes and free delivery that only took four months. (laughs) 
and I got it and I put it on my bike and it didn't work that well. Frail, brittle, breakable. But if I had unlimited resources, I would have bought the good one. Now it says in Job 36.22 that God's power is unlimited. Which means he could have created any being with with the the great six-pack and the stylish hair to represent his light. But yet he chose us, frail, easily broken clay jars. But this is what I realized. It's actually not about the clay jar. It's about what's within it. And Christ is what lives within you. And he died for you. God uses broken people. We look at Moses. He was a murderer who had run from his life, but yet God used him for great work. David, a murderer and an adulterer, but yet he had a heart after God's own heart and was one of Israel's greatest religious leaders. Jonah fled from his calling. The Apostle Paul, who wrote a large portion of the New Testament, was actually a persecutor and a murderer of Christians, but yet God used him. Because God is not interested in the exterior. God looks at the heart and what's within And what was in us is Jesus. He brings victory. He brings redemption because of his work on the cross. He sets us free. Can God use broken people? Yes. Does God love broken people? Yes. Because we know that in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says this, that God showed his great love for us, for me, for you. And yet, while we were sinners, he still died for us. I find comfort in knowing that today he hung on a cross for me so that I could be free. Do you feel like a fragile box sometimes? Good. So do I. But as we read further in that scripture, I I began to uh, uh, digest in my mind that if we're frail frail clay uh, jars, why then does God allow us to be pressed on every side with troubles but not crushed? We're perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. We are knocked down but not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share In the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. Here's the thing, is that if I'm frail, why do you let me be pressed on every side? Why? If I'm frail, why do you let me be knocked down? I'm frail. But here's the thing, is that at the start of the reading today in verse 7, it says we carry a great light. So if I carry a great light... Within me. That means that the content that is within me is Jesus. 
Now, if I was to fill this bucket with water, what would happen? Because it is broken, its content would be lost. If Jesus lives within me and I get to a place of humility and brokenness, what should begin to flow out of my life? My content. Jesus. What's within me? So as I'm at a broken place and it begins to pour out of me, because of Christ's work on the cross, he actually continues to restore me. So that what happens is what comes to flow out of my life and my brokenness begins to influence the world around me because of his work on the cross. He restores I want to do something very, very special this morning. Um, I thought that it would be uh, the right time. Uh, I'm actually going to invite my son and my daughter to come. It's my son's uh, debut preaching uh, gig. He's uh, uh, going to bring us around communion, and he's going to be supported by his big sister, Kiara. So why don't they come up this morning? Let's give them a hand. Now, now we need to practice something. Uh, is this on? Oh, two. Weird. Hello. When I do this, that's your cue to clap. So let's have a practice. Hey, okay. So Kiara's here to support her brother. So generally, we teach them that when you first get up, make people laugh. It helps you relax. So Kiara, why don't you tell everybody what mum said to do if you get nervous? Pretend people are nudie. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Okay, now Jai Boy. What I want you to do is that it's a Good Friday today. So we're about to take communion. So would you be able to tell us about the Last Supper? At the Last Supper, Jesus got some bread and he broke in it. He said, this is my body. And he got some wine and he said, this is my blood. It reminds us he died on the cross. Amen. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Kiara. Thank you, Jai. Now, what happened then was a whole lot of cuteness, but let me bring some relevance to it. What happened is we're about to come around the communion table. And I used my son as a substitute for me. He took my place in sharing communion. He was my substitute. Let me tell you a story as I invite the music team to come up. Dan, you can begin to play straight away. There was a father absolutely in love with his firstborn little girl. He loved her so much that she enjoyed going to the park that one day a house came up for sale and it was located across the road from the park. So he said, let's buy that house so that every day we can enjoy playing together at the park. So after discussing with his wife, they purchased the house. Then a time came and and his career grew and he had to go away for a business deal. So he went away. And what happened is that it was the first time he was separated from his little girl. So he calls his wife and he says to her, this is the plan. When I get home, I'm going to go over to the park. And you get my daughter and you say to her, who can you see over at that park? 
and she'll see me and we'll be united and it'll be great. We'll have a hug and we'll play. So it all went to plan. He called her. He went to the park. His wife brought his daughter out to him. But what they didn't anticipate is that she would want to run to her father. So as soon as she saw him, she began to run, not looking at the road. And a car was coming. But her father saw the car and saw his baby girl. So he ran at her. And at just the last minute, he pushes his daughter out of the way, saving his life, but taking the full force of the vehicle and dying. You see, on that day, her father was her substitute. Her father was her saviour. We were in a situation of separation from God because of sin. And we know that the punishment of sin is death. And it was ours to own. It was mine to own. But today we remember that on the cross, He took our place. He took our place, becoming our saviour and our redeemer. So when I think of what Christ has done for me in my life and my work, paying a price I never could pay, I never could have handled, I never could have carried, He took my place on that cross. So I know that my life is not about me, but is about who redeemed me. I know that in my frailty, He still uses me. He shines out of my light because He is my Redeemer. He is my Saviour. And He died for me. So what we're going to do in a minute is we're going to go to communion stations. Uh, They're set at the front and at the back. I'm going to pray. But if this morning you need prayer, please stay at the communion stations and the people that are there will be happy to pray with you. But let's stand and let's pray. And then when you feel ready and when you feel comfortable, please come and take of communion. But as Jai said this morning, Jesus, when He broke the bread, He said, this is my body. And when when they took the wine, He said, this is my blood. He said, do this in remembrance of me, knowing full well that He would go to the cross. I will never, ever take for granted His work for me, His work for you. Because by His grace, we are saved. And while we were still broken, He still chose to die for us because of His love. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Jesus, I thank you so much for what you did for me on the cross. The pain you endured, the stripes you took so that we could be healed of the disease of sin. Lord, I thank you. And I remember you. And as we take communion this morning, on this special day, we remember your great act. 
in dying for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So there'll be people waiting at the stations. Please come when you're ready. There's also some at the back. Communion. Once you've taken communion this morning, we're just going to finish with one song and then our pastor will close the meeting.